can kick your fancy ales, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the brave and true comes from the green dragon. Welcome to the Green Dragon Podcast. Jeremy here with, well, not the best voice in the world. I've been sick of late. My voice is, well, just come back. It's been gone for about two weeks, which has been really hard for, for someone who teaches for a living. So I'm going to keep this episode reasonably short. I'm going to just give you a quick update on what's been happening with the Green Dragon and some of the issues that have been happening around. Just, just a bit of response to it or my feelings on some of those. And then I'll get back to some regular episodes shortly. Hopefully my, my voice is on the way back. Uh, hopefully I get through this episode, but we'll see how we go. Now, the four things I want to talk about, i just give a quick table of contents, essentially. First of all, uh, an issue I had with some, well, one of my models, my Kamu and Felbeast being posted on Instagram and our response to that. Then I want to talk about the tale of Green Dragon Gamers, so how that's going. Uh, we've just passed the 500-point mark, and some of us are doing a really good job, and others are doing a terrible job, but that's okay. Then we have a quick conversation about some of the issues behind a Dale Banner in the FAQ and their response to that and a bit of, bit of uh, controversy, but also a bit of humor in that. And then finally, we're just around the corner from the Battle Company's book. So we want to talk about that. We haven't had a, a big release for a while, so it's going to be exciting to, to get that and get some coverage. It's not just little obscure Forge World coverage. It's going to be proper games workshop in White Dwarf, right in the face coverage. So people can complain that we're taking up a third of the magazine again. Should be fun. So firstly, I got a message from a listener who I won't name because, one, I haven't got permission to name, and two, I don't want to, to create any repercussions, just mentioning that, that an artist from Italy, uh, someone who's advertising themselves as a commission painter, had posted my Camul and Felbeast uh, conversion in their, their Instagram. So I had a look at that, and I wasn't happy with the way that it was displayed in that it seemed quite ambiguous as to who painted the model, who made the model. So I'll just read the exact post, and you can make up your own mind about that. It says, Sorry for the inactivity, but I had some personal problems. I will propose to you an old, amazing project of a winged Esterling Nat School on a Citadel tree. It's a little spelling mistake about the, the models, but that's okay. And then it's got a million hashtags. Uh, one of them says, From Facebook Community. So that's, that's the work that I've got there. Now, I tried to... We made some comments about this on the... Well, my Green Dragon page put up that we had that. Some of the people said that there was my model and that, and the person who uh, posted it didn't really want to engage in that, said that they were confident they had they had given it its due credit and, and said that it's from from someone else, which I don't believe it is. I think I will propose to you an old project doesn't say that it's not their project, and I think I think the ambiguity is intentional. So uh, some of the some of the people who are on various forums with me as well that that saw this being posted managed to to hunt down the Facebook page of this artist and post some reviews. And they basically said things like, don't post other people's models without permission and, and make sure you enable it and um, all this sort of stuff. And I think they're, they're, at that point, the artist got quite worried and contacted me and said that I had to stop all these people attacking them and tried to claim that they had given me credit, which they didn't. And uh, look, the discussion didn't really go anywhere. And I think a lot of that was because uh, being an Italian uh, artist, poster, whatever, they probably didn't have English as a first language. In fact, I'm almost sure they didn't, although the English was better than a lot of the other people that post. But anyway, uh, probably didn't have English as a first language, didn't realize the ambiguity behind whose work it was, uh, didn't realize that, that he was doing the wrong thing or she was doing the wrong thing. I don't, didn't really pay attention to gender that much. 
but we just we just weren't really going where. And I just kept like respond in the end. I just kept responding, just just delete the post, just delete the post. So every time uh, the person would respond to me, I just said just delete the post. And basically, they told me it wasn't very intelligent to delete and all this sort of stuff. And and in the end, I just wanted to get rid of it mainly because I didn't want to create any ambiguity about whether it's my work or not. I wanted it to be very clear that this is my work and it's on the internet. And look, that's all I have. It's, it's something that I'm very proud of. It's something that I find, I think it's quite a unique conversion, having a, a fell beast made out of cave drake. And I think, I think that that's something that I want to be out there under my name or my, my stage name anyway, because my real name doesn't get used in, in these things. But anyway, that's a secret. And I don't want Facebook to hunt down all my data, my students to hunt me down, all that sort of stuff. So I basically gave the, the person an ultimatum and said, you, look, you need to either make him very clear in the black text, edit it so it says painted by Jeremy Hunter, or you have to delete the post. And the artist then decided to delete the post. So that's fine. That's that's okay. I said something about, I think the ambiguity is intentional. But I didn't like the idea that it was someone who does commission painting using others' work to, to generate attention to themselves. I think that's a bit poor form. I think if you are, in fact, a commission painter, which anyone can say they're a commission painter, quite frankly. I've done commission work occasionally. would never do it again. But I think that you could easily get attention and mislead people by saying that that's yours. So that was probably my main issue with it. If they if they just post and said, like, very clearly, this is not my work, or I found this, don't, not sure who the artist is or whatever, that would have been fine. I wouldn't have had any issue whatsoever with that. And I just feel like I'm the one posting it, so I don't know how it would have really got lost. Like, it, it came from me. Could have said it was from the Green Dragon page. Could have said it was from one of the Australian Facebook page, or I think I posted the British Facebook page at some point. Could have said that, but didn't. So... We sorted that out. Uh, the negative reviews are on the Facebook page, got removed by the people who left the reviews. I contacted those people and just said, can you remove them? We've, I've got what I wanted out of it. And we managed to do that. So it was really nice, the, the outpouring of support from, from my communities and people looking after that. And it was, it was a, kind of a happy moment that we, we sorted that out. It still surprised me that that, that Kamul never won Best Army. It's, that's, that's one of my, not so much disappointment, but just shocks really. Because it's by far one of the best pieces I've ever done. And it just didn't place in the Best Armies for the tournament that I took in. And I've got Best Armies off stuff that's far inferior. So I guess it was at the stage where uh, there was very much an attitude of anyone but Jeremy to get Best Army, which I think is a bit of a shame because I still feel like I put more effort into it than, than most people do. And I know I get good results. But it doesn't mean I don't put effort in. I put hours and hours of effort into it. So that that's, uh, I guess that's an aside. And that's something that still makes me smile because I don't think the the army that won Best Army is being stolen by other commission painters to advertise their stuff. But maybe it is. I'm not sure. I haven't followed that too much. Okay, the next one. Tale of Green Dragon Gamers. Now, when we started the Green Dragon Gamers, the whole community, the Green Dragon community was very excited. But it looks like it's a, a three-person race at the moment. Nick, David, and I have managed to keep up. Nick's been painting a Gondor army, a heavily ranger-themed army. David's been painting a foot Rohan at the moment. I don't know if he'll expand out to being cavalry Rohan, but he's doing a good job there. And I've been painting my Mirkwood elves. We've all got to 500 points. The others keep assuring me that they'll catch up eventually, and they might, but I'm not so sure. I think once you get into a hole that big, it becomes hard to find time to get back into it. I'm a bit surprised I've kept up because life's doing everything it can to, to throw me off. Uh, I might have to be clever with the deadlines that I set for the last couple of months because I've got a, a family holiday in Japan planned as well. So I won't be doing any painting there. I might be a bit clever about it. Maybe I'll set it to the end of January or something. But anyway, uh, I'm very proud of my new piece. I painted a Thranduil on Elk. Fantastic model. Really good model. It's it's probably the best in the range, probably by far, to be honest. It, it is amazing model. I've heard someone say they put it together with no green stuff at all. I wouldn't recommend that. There's about... 
probably just under half a mil gap between all the surfaces. So putting a very thin line of green stuff will make it absolutely perfect and there's no seams whatsoever. You will see those seams. They're big enough that the human eye can pick them up. And when you're painting, you don't want any imperfections in the detail. But it was an amazing model to paint and the display base was great. And I wish they did some more display bases. So I actually contacted Vaudreuil and said, please make some more display bases for you. I started an Instagram account after the, the controversy. Well, actually, about the same time as the controversy, but also in the hopes that like for Jordan Games Workshop, we'll put it up on the site. They say that uh, if they post on Instagram, you get that. Yeah, if you want to follow me, you can. I've got some followers already. 33. I'm, I'm, I'm in, in the money at that point. I'm posting not just Lord of the Rings stuff, not just Hobbit stuff. So if you're one of the people who voted on our poll that you, you don't want to hear about stuff that's not Lord of the Rings or Hobbit, don't bother following me on Instagram because I do paint other things as well. But if you if you don't mind seeing a bit of other models, sure to go over there i basically i'm just going to use it as a bit of a photo album for me i'm going to take photos of models that i'm particularly proud of or that i like that i want to to represent me as a painter and put my name to it so it'll be be stuff on the stuff that i enjoy it won't be everything that i paint i'll still post all the four hobbit stuff to the green dragon page of course but there'll be a mix of stuff as well and mostly the games so the tale of the green dragon game is david has been writing a scenario pack for us so four scenarios at each point levels and a bit of a themed campaign and it's been really fun so far we just played through the 500.1 and these added a lot of twists that he's stolen from other game systems uh, mainly malifaux but i won't talk too much about that i will recommend that once we get the players pack going that you do give these missions a try they they do a really good job of using up the board space that's around so i've been really enjoying that and uh, thank you david so much for putting that together it's exactly what i want i think we'll get everyone together we'll talk about the campaign at the end do a big episode there and play through it all when we get a chance but it's been an enjoyable process it's a lot of work but it's been rewarding i think part of the problem is we're trying to report on it and trying to create the armies at the same time so we've hit double deadlines and that's something to learn from from our own point of view we will we'll learn that for next time but it's been really good and thank you for all the posters have been putting up pictures of theirs as well we do appreciate it and we will put them all together in a like a big video photo album Okay, I can feel my voice starting to fade. So I'm going to go on to the, the third part, which is a bit of controversial around the, the latest FAQ that came out. I'm not going to go through the FAQ entirely. I think some of the others might get involved in that. But basically, the end response to the the Dale banner, we got a new response to it. So it was in Magento. It was designed to be seen. It was designed to be clear, designed to be watched. But the response was still the same. It was, there's no banner for Dale which was stated as just still no. This is a little bit disappointing from someone like me who loves Dale and really wants him to be a, a fighting force and wanted him to get some recognition. But uh, I decided to be a bit, uh, a bit cause there up some controversy. And I posted a picture of one of my Dale banners on the, the British Facebook page and just made a comment that it's about time we have the banner. And it's really funny because it's got heaps and heaps of likes, like more than I'll get normally just for a painted model. And that's because it keeps generating interest because people comment and they basically either say, yeah, give the give the Dale a banner or they say, get over it, essentially, to me. But every time they say get over it, it bumps the, the page up again. So people are getting more attention. So you can't really get over it if you keep bumping it up. So it's kind of one of those quirks about Facebook where the, the more you dislike something, the more it appears in your face, which is interesting. I've got a response from Jay after debating him in with some comments and basically... He's saying that, that they took a different gaming direction, a different design direction from the previous group, and they're not going to put out anything. Well, in the There and Back game book anyway, they didn't put out anything that wasn't 
in the movies. Now, this is a bit of an interesting statement in its own, because there were Dale Banners in the movie, but they weren't actually in the hands of the models. So, a bit of a technicality there. Like, they have the banners next to them, but they can't actually pick them up off the hook, and uh, that's a bit of a worry. My concern is for this is mainly, uh, look, I love Dale. I think it's one of the, the more interesting parts of Middle Earth. I like the history. Basically, they got hit by smog, which essentially is like the, the Middle Earth equivalent of a nuclear bomb. Like, they, they were they were in trouble. They uh, The town was destroyed. Well, Lake Town was destroyed, but Dale was in ruin, got attacked by smog. And they had to rebuild, and they did rebuild, and they were able to stand up in the War of the Ring. And I felt like this is one area that we could really have have room to explore. It's something I've been interested in ever since my dad used to read me The Hobbit when I was a kid, and I've, I've been looking forward to this. So there was one scenario in the Return of the King original book that had uh, the Men of Dale, which they had as Men of Ravanion, and dwarves with, with Dane Ironfoot uh, in Dane's Last Stand. And this is a scenario that I basically redid all the models in for the current edition Hobbit books during the time when the unexpected journey and I, th- oh, what was the other one between that? There was another book between that. And then there was a big break where the game was going to disappear. I made up the scenario, put it all together so that I could play it out. And that included converting and painted up two Dale banners. Now I just always believed that Dale would have the banner. So I just assumed it was a good conversion to do because it would just happen. But I was disappointed when the there and back again book came and it didn't have it. And my disappointment was because I feel like it's not an army that can be played at a decent scale, even though it could be from the stories. I don't mind things like hobbits and that not having banners because they're not really a fighting force. But Dale was. Dale was absolutely a fighting force. And I I don't want them to turn into the bit of a Numenor syndrome where they're essentially half a list. Numenor and Dale are some of the the more important human settlements in Middle-earth. And to have them sort of waste away and... It's a little bit disappointing. It's also disappointing to to go and, like, friends want to start up a Dale army, and you say, yeah, it's going to be a small army. They play fine at 400, 500 points, but once you get over that, yeah, you've got pretty much one play style, and it's not going to do particularly well. So I really want them to be a proper force. And the banner, I don't know if the games designers know how powerful the banners are, in that they do make a lot of forces a fighting force. If you have fight four in a banner, you can fight. And you don't have to do anything sneaky like the 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 Bard special rule where there's a six-inch banner that gives you one plus fight or anything like that. Just a normal banner does it, and I've got the spreadsheets to show that. It's, it's really important for a force. And that also gives your modeling center point. If you want to make an army, you want something to draw people's eye to it. The Dale models, the plastics are great. The captains are wonderful models, but there's nothing to, out of the ordinary to draw their eye. There's no cavalry. There's no monsters. So to be able to hold a flag up high gives you something at least to draw the eye, and we've been denied that opportunity. So I would prefer... I prefer them to have a banner. That's that's my argument there. Now, I understand that they're probably saving it for a forthcoming day or supplement, but my concern is that we've had a lot of changes of design teams in the Middle-Earth game. The Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, the Middle-Earth game. It's changed in lots of directions. So we've got lots of incomplete armies and books and things like that. We had a series where we had stories about Middle-Earth and then we never got really to Dunland or Rohan even. And they got cut off. So we've had a lot of designs where things have just stopped for some reason. And I don't want that to happen. I don't want to get armies where they get like to a point where they're almost there, but not quite there. And then we just stop them. And the next design team comes in and says, you know what? Uh, stuff that army. We're not going to bother with it. It's not our focus. It's not what we're looking at now. We're looking at something different. And that might happen with, with the new TV series coming in eventually and things like that. There might be a, another change in direction, which is okay. But I would prefer there be some sort of completion. So I like that. 
when there's a completion. And it's, it was disappointing that it changed during The Hobbit to there and back again times because in The Hobbit, models got banners even if they weren't in the movie. So things like the Hunter Orcs in particular, I've never seen an example of a Hunter Orc holding a banner, but they got a banner and it really helps them as an army. It makes them one of the top armies, I think. If they didn't have the banner, they'll be nowhere near as good. It also gives you a focal point. It gives you something to paint. It gives you something to convert. It gives you something to look good and add some personality to it. So that makes that army complete. And that's not what we've got for the Dale army. So I would prefer, like, I don't mind the jokes. I don't think the FAQ is really the time for, for a joke for it, especially when it's something that people do legitimately care about. And they, they want it in their army. They want people, people are very attached to their forces. And it's all good for the people who aren't to say, laugh it off and say, get over it. But there are people who genuinely want that plastic set and those models to be something that they play all the time. And it's a shame when they don't. It's a shame when you see a young player pick up those boxes and you just go, yeah, you're probably going to lose most of your games. Enjoy. Maybe you'll stay around. You probably won't. So it's a bit of a worry when that happens. So I would prefer that they actually push that army. I know that there's hopefully a Dale supplement coming along the lines eventually. There may be plans for it. At least it's been thought about at some point. It's uh, Jay in particular said it's not his call. Um, Well, Jay, if if you make one, we'll buy it. Guaranteed. So, so there it is. I will make sure it happens. I'll push it on the Green Dragon. I'll buy some myself. I'll buy multiple myself if I have to. I'm more than happy to. But please make sure we give armies their due. Make sure they're complete, especially when it's one of the few armies later on that got a plastic box set. Like, from a gaming point of view, I want more plastics. I want more people to have access to it. By pushing your plastic ranges, you can at least make the sales figures look good. By making them so that they're not particularly good in-game, it doesn't help anyone. It really doesn't. Don't make them amazing, but make them so they can hold their own. Yeah, it's it's an interesting situation. I know that some people are sick to death of hearing it. Um, I know one way to make you not hear about it anymore: just give them the banner. I don't think anyone would be upset if they had the banner. Uh, I don't think. I don't. Th- I think there's a bunch of people who just don't care either way. I understand the design philosophy, but I still think that they could have made an exception at this point because you would have had what was a, a very nice looking army that can play well at low points become a solid army that you can play up to a thousand points and still have a good game, which would be ideal. Well, enough on that. Let's go to, to point number four, battle companies. Now, this is something that I think there's more excitement about than, than I would have expected, to be honest. Battle companies is something that came out initially in White Dwarf years and years and years and years ago and was an okay idea. It wasn't fantastic. Uh, I know that the community has taken on since then and made it actually quite good and put lots of armies in there. But basically you have uh, the Lord of the Rings mechanics for, for the skirmish games with some sort of uh, the typical games workshop, Mordheim, Necromunda, whatever campaign system at the end tacked on where things can get advancements and change. And it's it's got its own little unique way. My concern about these campaigns is that they, they get out of whack really quickly. So after a few rounds, you usually find that one person has got such a good team that they just never lose. So we tend to lose interest in them quite quickly. I love the idea of it, but I almost prefer to play little narrative scenarios based around that. So for Battle Companies, for me, I'm really excited because it's something f- for, the, for the game. It's coming out from Mainstream Games Workshops. It's got some attention. It's a good way to drag new players into it. It's a good way to get them to have a game. But I find the games don't often have the depth that I want or the story that I want. So... I imagine I'll pick up the book, I'll play, I'll play almost every company probably because I've got so many models and I will, I'll enjoy those games, but I'm going to run really short, like one day campaigns. So I'm not going to do something long, long, long. Um, I'm not sure if the rules will support the long campaigns. They might, they might not, but having 
a battle company's day is, I think, the way to go. And that's what we're going to, well, that's what I'm going to do. And anyone who wants to come over is going to do that as well. We'll play three, four, five games in an evening, in a day, and then just finish up there and then restart. I think I think that's my preferred way of doing it. Uh, you can, especially if you theme the, the battle company. So you say we're playing in the War of the Ring and we're playing around Mirkwood, whatever, the orcs coming in there. You could get some really nice themed battle companies and some good stories going. So excited it's coming out. It's not my favorite way of playing. It's it's sort of a modified points match way of doing it. And I almost prefer like the scenario. Well, almost prefer. I prefer the scenarios. I know that. So it's not necessarily for me, but it's going to be really good. It's also a good way to get people to buy out those really expensive like Mirkwood armies and, and Gundabad and things like that. So they can get started on them and actually use them for games. So very happy that Battle Company is coming out. And I look forward to giving it a try, and, and maybe my mind will be changed. I don't dislike it. I just it's not my preferred way of playing. Uh, I am looking forward to the scenario books afterwards. And look, I still still are going. I'm still going through the there and back again scenarios, and they will take me a long time to get through. So I'm happy at the moment. But sustained interest is really good. Well, that's going to be it for me today. I'm, I'm pretty much out of voice. Uh, sorry about the the quality of this one. Hopefully, it's listenable. I will get back to you again when I have a voice. And yeah, feel free to, to give me feedback and and feel free to chat things. And if you don't agree with me, that's fine. You don't have to agree with me. I'm I'm fine about that. I'm not going to take offense or anything like that. I might laugh it off or I might make a sarcastic comment back. But it, it's not... You, you get out there on the internet or you, and, and you're open for criticism. So if you disagree with anything I've said, that's fine. Um, get your battle companies of course and uh yeah if you ever want to play a dale banner you're always welcome to play it against me have a good one remember traps win games thank you for listening to the green dragon podcast please be advised that the green dragon podcast is not suitable for children the elderly pregnant women those with a history of heart conditions or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice you can contact us on the Green Dragon Podcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end. Or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener, until we meet again.